Welcome up the Helltech listeners. I'm your host this week, Hayley Levine. This is the podcast where we tackle some of the trending topics, ideas and best practice in health and social care. This week, Paul and Lee are back on What the Hell Tech to discuss their big moments over the last decade as we celebrate our 10-year anniversary. The pair joined forces to create the company in December 2012, and if you were listening way back when the podcast first started, you'll know just how much, how, well, how that went. So please listen back to that first episode and listen to the funny story around the first customer. We're going to be focusing today on the highs and lows, some things that you never knew, and what's in store for the company in the next 10 years. So a lot has happened over the past few months. We've had double the size of employees, we've doubled the company size, we have got lots of new partners that have come on board, you have been travelling all over the world, which I'd love to hear more about, and you featured on Sky News to discuss our recent investment. So do you actually ever get bored, or is do you enjoy all of this? <laughs> I don't know about <laughs> enjoy all elements, but no. Um yeah, it's, it's busy time. It's a busy time for everybody. I mean, it has been phenomenal growth, um, which is great because it just means that, you know, we're, we're having a bigger impact in the industry and working with more and more partners, stroke our customers. Um, I, no, I never get bored. I, I love this thing. Um, like I said, I think it's just we're having such a positive impact. So I'm not sure what the actual question was, if, <laughs> if I get time or I'm bored, but yeah, no, no. Busy times, but it, it's good busy. And uh, yeah, I still love it. So yeah. Good. Well, 10 years of it. I'd hope you love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to start with the obvious, obviously 10 years. So start with you, Paul. What does 10 years mean to you? Um, I think we should say as well that we, there's been no preparation or sight <laughs> of these questions. So these, these, um, I think 10 years is corroboration that it was the right thing to do um, in many ways that, you know, so Lee and I starting a company together, having this idea, wanting to make a difference, positive impact in healthcare, and it corroborates the view that it needed it. And it was the right thing to do. It's the right solution. Um, so, yeah, I think corroboration and, yeah, just, that, that would be the what it means to me, the 10 years. And you, Lee, 10 years? Um, I think for me, probably grey hair to start off with because I certainly never had 10 years ago um yeah I think it's it's that we've that you manage to get to 10 years when you start out when you're working on your kitchen table is, is an achievement in itself um and I think it means to me that we're bringing the right people into the business because you can't keep working from a kitchen table so making sure you've got the right people in the business is that's what it means to me because yeah we couldn't have kept doing what we were doing um just ourselves because we, we don't know everything we can't do everything so and I think that's probably something you learn over the 10 years so talking about the kitchen table um when you were doing that initially and coming up with the idea around radar healthcare could you have imagined like today back then I'll start with you Lee no <laughs> um <laughs> in lots of different ways I think it's interesting because we'd never obviously never run a business before started done a startup anyway um and you're doing a business plan you do this business plan it's like a three-year business plan and you kind of just you like that basically because of course you are because you're not going to say you're going to do that and actually it's it is kind of the, the normal kind of hockey stick that you go away it's it's slow 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 and then all of a sudden it picks up and then it um picks up massively as it has done over the last two years so no, you, you you don't. I don't think you even think more than three years ahead. 
Um, and certainly then when you get investors, it's, again, it's a three-year plan that you're working at all the time. So 10 years has gone very quickly. So yeah, yeah, no idea. No idea would still be here in 10 years. And the biz- first business plan was a three-year business plan. So yeah, I think three years is the maximum you ever think ahead. Mm. Probably, probably rightly so as well, because there's so many changes, certainly within health and social care. It's quite dynamic. So if you look at us as a business... We, we're always evolving and developing him from a product perspective, how we engage, how we understand the people we bring in. So, yeah, I think probably three years is all, all yeah. you would ever have. And, yeah, like, likewise for me, that was no is the answer. But you do, you step back and you kind of squint your eyes and you visualise, wouldn't it be fantastic if we can have this super great impact and all these lots and lots of customers? So, yes, I hoped and kind of imagined but didn't expect it. That would that would be the the kind of response. What about like health tech? Because obviously, ten years ago, health health tech was in a different place. Um, it's become more widely adopted, I guess now. So, did you imagine that actually technology would become so important back then? Not for me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, if you go back to the the start of this, it was, you know. Health, health and social care was in desperate need of this, uh, you know, of the kind of systems that Radar Healthcare um, delivers to them. And it was, you know, that readiness and need was there. So I think people, I always expected that there would be adoption of systems like Radar Healthcare because it makes perfect sense. And then obviously with events over the last few years and the pandemic and COVID, that's been a catalyst for accelerating adoption so we've seen that and obviously you see great tech evolving over the over the last 10 years which has been incredible did you expect it lee or did you think that it might be a slow start um i think when you look at it other industries were probably ahead of healthcare in terms of adoption of technology so it was always going to happen but i think health tech now is starting to overtake a lot of other areas in terms of how technology is used when you look at some of the some of the innovation that's going on, it's some of it's mind blowing. So, I would say it was always going to happen. I would say probably the last three years, and as Paul's talking about the, the pandemic, I think that's accelerated it massively. Mm. So yeah, I think it was always going to happen, but the slow adoption of health tech in um, in healthcare settings has, has massively sped up. Mm. And I, I'll say I think that in the next few years it will be way ahead of lots of other industries. I think it's the, the type of technology as well. So health tech, healthcare technology has kind of been around for a long time, but it's been focused on kind of sexy tech or specific specialisms or surgery like a Da Vinci's robot or something like that. Whereas people are now saying, well, actually, the commodity activities where you can have the biggest impact. So And that's where people are now starting to see, actually, system-wide, you can apply systems, software, technology to help you spend more time on the delivery of care so that's that's probably a big change mm. i think you see a lot in clinical on the clinical side don't you um like clinical notes and things like that but yeah, actually yeah. the other part of it is makes a, such a big impact really doesn't it so mm. um lee proudest moment from the last 10 years i think probably for me it goes back to kind of year two probably and that's when we got our first client actually using a system because that's a, a massive moment because you've kind of gone from this point of this is what we think somebody might want mm. to actually it kind of was and wasn't and then this is what we built 
and then to actually get them using it and seeing them using it and seeing them how they use it, that was probably the biggest moment because obviously everything from that point has, has grew. Um, and again, that was at that point was just me and Paul. So we'd kind of done everything up to that point. And you've seen some of the stuff that we did, some of the early marketing and some of the, <laughs> some of the early stuff that, that, that came out. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think to get to that point where you've kind of said, we've had this idea, we've found some investment, we've built something. And now somebody's actually using it and is making a difference. That's where the kind of the that's where this journey really started. Because if that if that if we had got that first bit wrong, we'd have probably fell off a cliff. So we were lucky to get those early adopters, get them using the system, and then kind of went on from there. So for me, that's that's probably the proudest moment. Paul, uh, yeah, I mean, I yeah, reiterate that it's, it's incredible achievement. Just that that early customer so I suppose there's two, two elements for me one is I'm proud that our our the people that came with us on the early days are still here so you know some of our very first employees are still in the business so that's that's kind of cool but more recent actually that was um, so my daughter works in healthcare and um, she'd she'd moved and was working for an organization and uh, she sent me a whatsapp picture and she was having a radar healthcare training Mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of cool that, you know, my daughter was working in healthcare and that company was using the software platform. And yeah, so it was kind of a proud moment. Oh, proud dad moment. Yeah, proud dad. <laughs> okay. And going back to the business side then, what's been the biggest surprise to you, Paul, around owning a business? Like, what did you just not expect? <laughs> well, not only have I not got grey hair, I've got no hair and I had a full... <laughs> Plume of hair prior to this. No, I didn't. I it was after. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's it's the it's probably the the the, the, the kind of day to day operational elements that you have to deal with to be a sustainable and you know efficient business. Because if you're not, you, you ultimately you just want to get this this piece of software, this technology into your into the partner's hands so that you can make a difference. They start deriving the, the benefits. But there's so much goes on in the background. Um, and, and like Lee said about bringing people in, key people in, it's so important to getting the right people around you. And I think that's for me was a surprise. You think that you re- recruiting somebody that has a job title will satisfy that function. And it's really difficult to get the right people and uh, as you know, we have a huge thing around culture in our organisation as well. And so you've got a f- right culture, right fit, right skill set, right attitude. Right time. Right time. Yeah, it's a good point. Took a lot to that, that for me is the big surprise. Now. Yeah. 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 People is, is, a, is a big challenge in day-to-day operational. It's interesting, actually, because people often are the biggest ch- like challenge as well. Like things you expect... Or the way you might handle something isn't the way someone else might take something. So you have to really like adapt the way you you speak to people, the way you handle situations and things like that. Has that been, I mean, I'm going off topic here, but has that been kind of difficult, would you say, throughout your time? Not not this difficult. I think, again, it's it's not that surprised me, but it's a lesson, like Lee said, you're you're learning all the time. Mm. You learn lots of lessons. I think... In the early days, because you're doing everything, you've got lots of hats, you kind of recognise it's probably not the best way to do some of things, but it's your way. Mm. And then I think realising that different people have different views and that you're not always right, mm. you know, and, and 
and that's part of our culture, just being open and letting people have a voice and, mm. you know, and trust. So, yeah, I think it's, yeah, I mean, like, you've just got to be, they say about being a people's person, but, yeah, I think that's, that's what we are. we just got to listen and give people the room to have their voice and then implement those things. It's challenging, though. Yeah, I can imagine. Julio, uh, one of our, new, as you know, but our listeners might not, one of our developers, he was on a podcast um, recently and he talked about the culture and the development team being all about being able to be open and just, you know, come up with an idea, even if it sounds stupid. And I think that is shown throughout every single team in the business and everyone you speak to at Radar Healthcare always says that. So I think you're doing a good job, Paul. <laughs> good. And Lee, what about you? What surprised you the most? How much you don't know, probably, because we both of us had held fairly senior positions in big technology companies before. <clears throat> but when it's your own business and you're starting it and there's two of you, you have to do everything. So you're doing account, you're doing literally everything, mm. searching for offices, leases, payroll, <laughs> lit- literally everything. And it's how much you don't know, and probably how many mistakes you make along the way. So we've made lots of mistakes. Um, that you, if you did start it again, you wouldn't do it, but you'd, then you'd make other mistakes. And I think, um, yeah, just how much there is to understand and, yeah, it's, it's just... And, and actually, as you grow, it doesn't, get any, doesn't really get any easier because there's then other things that come along. So it's not as if now we've, now we've got 80 people in the business. We're not worrying about the things we did when we had 10. We're worrying about something else. And so it's kind of... It's, all, it's changing. So what your, what your focus is changes because you get people in that takes that focus away from something that you were maybe managing before good or not so good you get somebody in hopefully that comes and looks after that your attention then goes somewhere else so that's for me it kind of you're constantly changing of what your focus is and I think that's probably the the biggest thing so you you do you think oh we're gonna we'll have 80 people it's easy now we'll just sit back and let people (laughs) get on with it it's just it's just not the way not the way it goes so you still have I was on holiday a couple of weeks ago and then kind of sat in my shorts on a call with Qatar because that's what you do. Yeah. So you think, you think, oh, well, we don't have to do that. We've got 80 people, mm. but it's just the way it is because it's your business. So mm. you, you don't really let it go. I suppose you can't, can you? It's, it's yours, you know. You, uh, yeah, I couldn't. So I understand that, but it must be it must be hard. And I guess once you you hire someone, you think great, but then you might find a hole in something, and you're like, oh my god, well, I, I never noticed this because I was focusing on this. And it's a good thing though because it shows you where your priorities should be, doesn't yeah. it? So and there's, there's always something you can do better. Yeah, doesn't matter how how well your company is, is functioning. There's always something you can do better. Yeah. Um. So thinking about I guess the struggles and some of the difficult times, have you ever? thought about quitting at all you don't, it's not an option is it so, yeah it's yeah it's, quitting isn't an option I don't you you put so much effort into to get to where you are whether that's to get to where you are after six months or six years or ten years it's not an option and certainly as you grow and you see the impact that that we're having then then yeah it's I'm not going to say it's easy because it's certainly not easy but um no you certainly no chance of quitting it's, about you constantly <laughs> no, <laughs> no I, yeah it yeah you just as lee said it's not an option so it doesn't come into your thought process mm-hmm. as simple as that you've got to 
It's not that, and as you grow, you become responsible for people as well and their livelihoods. And then, as Lee said, you're having this impact, positive impact on health and social care. Why, why would you even think about quitting? Mm. You know, it's just how do we do more and, you know, be bigger, better at what we do? Yeah. So, like, looking back um, to your younger self, um, <laughs> when you had not grey hair, um, if you could have told yourself, like, one thing about where the business was going to go, say... Um, I don't know, the number of partners we have around the world or the impact that you might have had on something or as simple as like the fact that you might have won awards or whatever that would be, what would you tell yourself? I'll start with you, Paul. Do you do you mean that, I'm not sure I follow the question, do you mean it if it's something I tell myself to be aware of or a lesson learned or no, just... Um, just something to maybe ease the worry of opening right, your own okay. business. I think, yeah, I mean, look, to have a snapshot at the 10 year where we are now, to have a snapshot, you know, you know, 80 plus people coming mm. soon to be 90s or whatever, you know, as, as we're growing and, you know, international client, you know, just have a snapshot of knowing that that was a success and then looking at all the partners and customers we have, just to have a snapshot of all of that mm. and then to see, these, you know, the testimonials. You know, when you read them, I, I, I just love reading them. That You know, game changer. So glad we bought this. You know, this is, this is the right partner. Yeah, that would be great. Then you'd say, right, I can relax. I can deal with all the, the speed bumps and hurdles. And you, really? Yeah, similar. I think I think for me, it's when you're a bit smaller, you, you probably worry about the small things that are not really going to make a massive difference. So I think that's probably for me, you just don't sweat the small stuff because really spend your time and effort and focus on the things that are going to have a, an actual impact because you can kind of end up down a bit of a, a rabbit hole and sweat the small stuff and spend a lot of time in it and actually it doesn't really have an impact. Do you have an example of something where you have got a bit stressed over something that maybe you probably wouldn't have done now? Um, there's lots of them but I can't think of them because I don't sweat the small stuff anymore. <laughs> so I don't, yeah, there's, there's, there's so many because it... You, you, you might get um, something that's that's that you've you've done that you wouldn't it hasn't had the impact or the outcome that you expected. Um, whether that's some a piece of development or a function or a feature or whatever that might be, and you can you can worry about it, but actually you can fix it in two weeks. So, does it actually really matter, and is it worth spending your time and effort worrying about it? Because the way the way we develop the product is, is, is taking that as an example is. We do two weekly sprints, so if something isn't quite right or it doesn't quite have the outcome that we expected, we can fix it in two weeks. So you need to kind of step away a bit and just kind of take a bit of a bigger picture. Mm. So yeah, sweating the small stuff is is definitely hard, and especially when in those early days because you don't have the resource and, you, and you're not <clears throat> you're not as agile and you're not doing as things as quickly as you maybe like. So yeah, just having a just stepping back a bit. Someone said to me recently that being a business owner is a really lonely place to be sometimes. You know, you don't always have someone to talk to. Obviously, you've got each other, which is different, but, um, you know, you can't always talk to people. You can't, you don't get a pat on the back when you've done a good job. Um, you just have to get on with it and stuff like that. Do you do you find that that sometimes is a bit lonely, being an owner? I'll start with you. Um, no, not really. I think I think it's down to personal circumstance with a lot. Lee and I have worked together for a long, long time, as, as he alluded to, working in technology companies where we were in the same management team. 
played football, been friends. So we've got a, a good friendship that underpins the, our kind of business relationship. And then it's your network. It's, you know, we, we, again, we've got a fortunate group of friends that will listen to you have a little bit of a bitch and a moan that, <laughs> you know, about your woes and things like that. So, so no, I, I don't. And then as we've grown and we've, you know, we have our own, our SMT, our, all the employees, because of that open culture and dialogue that exists, Actually, I can have a conversation mm. with anybody um, and have a little bit, you know, share my problems and get their views, regardless who they are. So, mm. so no. Do you? Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's ever been a lonely existence. <laughs> it, it's it's definitely um, <clears throat> as Paul was was mentioning there, having the right people in the kind of senior management team means that we can talk to people about anything we want really because we are I think we've all got a good trust between ourselves and that's that, that's massive really because we can we can hopefully and hope, hopefully everyone agrees with this that we can have open and honest conversations with people so so yeah no it's not never been an issue for me and as Paul said we've we've always worked closely together anyway so yeah probably maybe if you were by yourself it might be slightly different yeah. but when you yeah. set a business up as two people it's you kind of share that load yeah that's fair enough. So obviously speaking about you two being friends. So Lee, can you tell me an embarrassing story about Paul? Probably not. Not broadcastable. No. I've got some good pictures from our early days when we okay. um I've got one of them asleep on a train with his mouth open. <laughs> I think I've got that somewhere. Okay, and you need you've to send seen, it me. Yeah, <laughs> and you've seen the picture of him with the cakes. At our first, yes. um, our first show. I can't remember what that was. Some ambulance show somewhere, wasn't it? It was so mm. long ago. With our first stand, and but yeah, other other things we will keep between <laughs> ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Okay, a funny story. Have you got a funny story? Um. <laughs> yeah, I well, yeah, there, there's several, I suppose. I think I told you, I'll, I'll try and make it very brief. But um, after we'd um, got our fi- kind of first round of investment, I was at an event down in London. And um, basically, it was it was a charity around survivors of terrorism attacks. But And as part of it was, there was an auction for a very exclusive painting that had been hung up at the White House, 10 Downing Street, around the world. And it was a silent auction. And... I'd wrote on a piece of paper, 200-dash, and I put it into the blind auction. And um, about 20 minutes after all the bids are in, you know, and they're going to announce the winner, uh, the kind of compare and couple came across to me and right in front of everybody on this table said, we just want to say thank you so much for your generosity. And literally pointing out, this is the guy, you know, and I was like, I started to go white and sweat. And I was messaging Lee, you know the investment we've got. I think I've just spent two hundred thousand pounds <laughs> on painting. I was terrified, but they announced it. I've never written a check for two hundred pounds so quick in my life. <laughs> so uh, th- we nearly didn't. Co- we might have now been no business. Just this one painting. <laughs> so would your friendship have lasted if he'd have given two hundred thousand pounds? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that mine would have done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we would have got. I would have split it in half. <laughs> uh, well, at least you can you stayed friends. It's fine. Um, so, outside of um, your first customer, is there one memory that stood out to you in the last ten years? I'll start with you, Lee. One memory. 
lots lots of memories. Um, are we talking good or bad memories here? <laughs> Could be anything. Maybe a good one. Be positive. Um, I think it, I think it changes all the, all the time. So when we had our kind of summer social to see seventy odd people there, um, and a lot of them getting to meet for the first time because we're, we're, we work fairly remotely now, although we do have two offices. You generally don't catch up with people that much, and certainly after COVID as well. So. Pre-COVID, we were in the office maybe two or three days a week um, and you would get to see people quite a lot. Uh, but then kind of going there, and especially the growth we've had over this year, probably then meeting all of those people for the first time. That's a, a memory, if you like, because it was just so different. <laughs> mm. Because you're used to meeting people in the office or a lot of these people I've only, I'd only met on a Teams call and some not at all. So, yeah, to meet them all together was, was great and just see people getting together was, was great as well. It's weird when you see people on Teams and then in person, you're like, wow, you're really tall. I bet you got that yeah, a lot. I get that a lot, yeah. <laughs> I, I get that a lot. Not <laughs> <as> well. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you, Paul, what, have you got a memory? Uh, yes, yeah, there's, there's probably lots of memory. I think there's one, it's kind of a chain of events that, so my, my cat, these always stick in my mind. We went from kitchen table, dining room table, to a small incubator office on the university in york and we met some funny people in there yeah we really did we had some yeah the lessons learned yeah, yeah <laughs> not naming yeah. names yeah. um but yeah you should have seen our digital marketing prior to that but um and then going from that office saying and taking an office in leeds in the center of leeds you know we had this office and then we went from that office to a bigger office in leeds and then and then you get a bigger office and then you open an office in london and it and, and it's we should never be ashamed of success because it is a, you know, it's a direct result of that we're getting more partners and having an even bigger impact in health and social care. So we celebrate our success. And those kind of stick with me as to those memories of facing Lee across a dining room table to a four desk pod to 12 desk to whatever it might be. And then, as Lee said, and then you suddenly having a summer social. So it's like a memory of growth. Mm. I think it's our success isn't just our success, is it? No. We're making such an impact on our partners that yeah. it's their success too. And that's yeah, what absolutely. we're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just to finish, so give me three things that you want to be able to say when I bring you back here in 10 years' time and ask you these same questions again. I'll start with you, Lee. <laughs> 10 years' time? I just said I can only think three years ahead. <laughs> well, give it a go. So in 10 years' time, what will I be? I'll be 50... <laughs> Three, I'll be fifty-three, so I'll be I'll probably much greyer, full head of grey. Um, God, it's it'll, it'll be such a different world again in ten years. Yeah. If you think about what the the, the amount of things that have happened in the last ten years, where we'll be in ten years' time, who who knows? It's it'll be it'll be totally different again. You would imagine, and though certainly the way that, that um, in terms of kind of the health tech and everything else, it's going to expand massively. Um, I I see it being all being much a much more open kind of landscape. So everything like you, you see things now around open EHR, which will be massive to have open protocols that allow systems to talk to each other, and will be massive. So <clears throat> yeah, ten years time, absolutely no idea. I'd like to think that um, the business is is still here, it's still growing, we're still providing the service that we do. Um, 
will everyone still be here? Probably not. <laughs> will the SMT be here? Not everybody over there. Hopefully people will have moved on to bigger and better things because that's, that's what we want people to do. Will I still be here in 10 years? Who knows? Um, yes, it's, I have absolutely no idea. We've just done another three-year plan, so I've got more, <laughs> I've got more focus on that than, than 10 years. Paul? <laughs> yeah, it's a, kind of a similar thing. It's a difficult question. I think if I was here... I I won't be fifty three. I'll be sixty four. <laughs> <laughs> so, coming to official retirement. So I, yeah, I would be saying my things would be saying, "Are you coming to my retirement party?" <laughs> Isn't it fantastic that we are the UK's leading, you know, provider of this kind of system that Rida Healthcare recognises, you know, as as the leading provider because I know the positive impact it has, um, and then probably finding. Yeah, I'm still here, <laughs> fighting and kicking and fighting. <laughs> okay, this isn't on my, um, my my questions, but I do want to ask, if you could see one change in the next 10 years in the healthcare industry, what would it be? I'll start with you, Paul. Mine would be that that for once, that, that these that these initiatives, which are, they are well thought out and they are, they are, you know, honourable and and the right things to do. Sometimes they're not executed for many many reasons. But for me, it would be that the ICS, the integrated care system model, worked. You know that we get something mm. that everybody buys into, and we integrate properly integrate social care with the NHS because they're intrinsically linked, and they compound each other. If we could find a way to get those things to work together, I think we'd address health inequalities you know, reduce waiting lists, elect, get back to elective care, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and then improved quality of life. But there's lots to be done around that. So that, that would be me. Equality across social care and NHS. Yeah. And Lee? For me, it'd be, it, it's so politicised, healthcare, yeah. that nothing ever gets done properly because it's only short term. You can only look at a, a, the term of a parliament, four or five years, mm. and you get to that point. Government changes, policy changes. How how are you supposed to implement something that needs to be done within across the whole health and social care? How can you ever do it in four years when you when at the end of that four years it might change again? So it needs to be politics needs to be taken out of it, and there needs to be some some cross party agreement that this is what we need to do with health and social care, and everybody buys into it, and it's for ten years, not two years or four mm, years, or yeah. the way it is in politics at the moment, t- two weeks because yeah. it's changing that quickly. So how 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 are people supposed to implement changes for the better if it's constantly, the, the, if the politics around it changes? That, for me, if, if we don't do that, nothing will change. Mm. Big question, but how do you do that? Absolutely no <laughs> idea. <laughs> because, yeah, yeah, we won't get into politics, but this, it's such a differing view between the two main parties that how, how, do, you ever, how, how do they ever come to a consensus of what needs to happen? I think that's it's traction as well because because there isn't that continuity and it isn't even just that one party's in power for a long period of time it's individuals yeah. coming and want to make a stamp and make a change that has a it's really difficult to get that continuity until you can ring fence and say regardless of the government this is the this is the ten, ten year, year strategy and we're not going to deviate from it yeah because it doesn't happen like that yeah. You've got a ten-year strategy, a three-year strategy elsewhere, and then this is changing. Yeah. Names changing. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's it's it's, in, it's impossible for the health service and, and mm. that whole integrated health and social care thing to happen while it's changing so frequently. Mm. 
So many people involved, though, isn't there? Yeah. Too many cooks sometimes, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, if you think about the NHS, what the, the one the probably one of the, if not the biggest employer in the UK, and to sort of change the way that they operate, it's, it's massive. You can't mm. do that in a few years. It's, it's 10, 15, 20 years. It just never happens because it changes so often. Mm. I've just remembered a funny thing. I don't know if you remember oh. it at the end. <laughs> yeah, go on. And down in Harley Street, when, uh, when, when we first, in the early days, we were, so we were with Harley Street Hair Clinic and all these kind of things. But I just remember on the cosmetic surgery place, oh, it, God, yeah. it said um, <laughs> on, on the other sign on the thing saying, uh, if life gives you lemons, a small operation can give you melons. <laughs> <laughs> Clever marketing. Anyway, you might want to cut that one. <laughs> no, that's a good story. Good end to the the podcast. Hopefully, this gives you a little bit of insight into the um, journey over the past ten years into Paul and Liam, what they're like. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but we'll see. Um, but no, thank you so much for joining us this this week, and thank you to everyone for listening. Next week, we have the first part of a Christmas and New Year special. Um, so listen in to find out more. And um, yeah, if you've got any questions for us, for our guest, for Paul Lee, then please email whatthehealthtech at radarhealthcare.com. Thank you. Thank you.